it's been rough. There's no other way around it. It's been rough to be a Guardians fan. It has been a bad five days, but there might be some positive news on the horizon. We're going to get into what's been going wrong. We're going to get into a no good, terrible, awful game. And we're going to talk about a rumor that just popped up on the Twitters about a top prospect coming to Cleveland. All on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of Scout, formerly of 24-7, now all of Locked On. We're going to get into the game. We're going to get into some old friend alerts. We're going to get into some roster moves. We're going to get into rumors. We're just going to get into all of it today. Where should we start? Let's start Let's start with the game. Let's just get this out of the way. This was an awful game. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's just... At the end of the day, I think it's perfectly encapsulated by the fact they finally scored a run thanks to a wild pitch. Like, that is how this game goes. I know. Did I do all the? Did I tell you to? Man, I just wanted to get into it so much. I don't think I told you to think. Thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, but yeah, this this was a stinker. Tristan McKenzie. It's been a few bad starts in a row. Like, let's not put it out there. And this is the problem that has been his problem since you know the beginning of time since he's been a pitcher in the minors and the majors is that consistency finding consistency you know throughout this game I didn't stick with it I'll be honest this is another one that I was like okay I've seen enough you know he he was sitting low 90s but it's not like Bieber it's not like he can hit his points and he was he was low 90s down the middle of the plate it felt like it's it there's not a lot of movement it's not it's not a pitch that inspires, you know, swing and miss in and of itself. And you look at the data, it's like this game, seven runs. Game before that, six runs. He had that one against Colorado that was brilliant. We didn't expect that to happen. Oakland, but then again, you look at the quality of the team. Baltimore took him for five. And then it's been a rough month. And it's that inconsistency with Tristan McKenzie that has really held him back from becoming more than a, a three. Like he can flash one he can legit flash like number one upside and then he'll turn around and have a series of games where he just he doesn't have it and again the innate problem is it's still a weird build he's still a unicorn let's be honest there but go look at his data on baseball savant like this shouldn't be a surprise his curveball has the 11th percentile for spin his average exit velocity is eighth. He's getting hit hard. Hard hit is 20th percentile. This is a guy who gets hit hard. Slugging, 17th. Barrel, 8%. Guys see his stuff, and they get at it. Like, it is not hard to pick up his 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 uh, pitches. And then guys are hitting it extremely hard. They're barreling it. They're hitting it at high exit velocities. Uh, I mean, I could double check. I have a sinking feeling. If I looked at the data, he probably leads Major League Baseball in home runs. Uh, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe this is, you know, me just doing a recent bias, but he has given up so many home runs in just about every single game. It's hard for me to imagine that that is not the case. It's, it's, he just, and again, like I said, you can look at that Savant data. It is all bad. 
the slider is not a particularly effective pitch. His curveball doesn't spin enough. His fastball has good spin, but low velocity. The only things that are in the red are fastball spin and walk rate. And then expected batting average is kind of a little bit red. And then he's got a lot of dark blue. Like this, again, shows... Because it's still small sample size for pitchers. We're still kind of early going. But this, again, shows a guy who's... You know, it, right now there's Bieber and then there's three fours. Like, that's the truth of the matter. You could argue fives uh, if you want. But, like, McKenzie still is not a guy you can really count on. He has not separated himself consistently from that pack. And there has been no consistency with him in terms of, like, just day-to-day, month-to-month uh, performance. And that's just going to continue to be something that holds him back overall. And it's it's the same story. Right, it's what we saw last year. It's why he spent time in AAA. Uh, it's what the issues were at points in the minors. Why would see him go out one inning and throw ninety six? Now that Akron gun ran hot, but then he would also turn around and in the next inning, you know, he'd be throwing, uh, you know, ninety one. Like he couldn't keep consistent velocity. He couldn't consistently hit his points. I I have some some big concerns overall when it comes to just consistency for McKenzie, allowing him to do more than a solid mid-rotation starter. Like, I just don't know if there's going to be enough there to allow him to elevate beyond simple mid-rotation starter. I'm going to pause it real quick because I want to see if he does lead the league in home runs or not. I don't think this is updated just based on what I'm seeing here. So uh, he was tied for third at 14. And then, of course, tonight was it, you know, I know I should know the exact amount. I was trying to remember it's two or three he gave up tonight. Uh, it was two for him and the one for Shaw. I knew there was three. So two more home runs given up by uh, McKenzie tonight. Then puts him up to, in terms of home runs, he is second behind Jose Barrios of Toronto, who has 17. Uh, past Josiah Gray with Washington. Uh, moves out of a tie with uh, Marco Gonzalez, Robbie Ray, Jose Urdequay. Jermon Marquez and Chris Bassett. No, Chris Bassett was one behind. So, yeah, we're looking at a guy who uh, leads the team in home runs, right? Is that where we are? Has he? Pa- I think uh, I think Tristan McKenzie leads the Guardians at home runs. Okay, let's just knock the rest of this game out. Let's do our box score bingo. 14 hits for the Twins in this one. They also had two walks. I almost thought it said 11. That's RBIs. Set 16. Uh, a hit, two hit batters, so that gives them uh, four total situations where they reach base via the walk. So that gives them 18 opportunities. 11 runs is a lot on 18 opportunities. But they also had, you know, f- five extra base hits. Cleveland managed two walks and five hits. Uh, I guess there was also the error I left out. So uh, 19 opportunities, still a lot on that. Cleveland had five hits. They had two walks. Uh, they had seven opportunities, and they got one run. That's low. They had no extra base hits. That kind of explains that, that situation. Uh... You know, uh, the other thing that stands out with McKenzie is, yeah, he didn't walk a lot of guys. I talked about how that's the important indicator. He didn't walk guys because they were just seeing him cleanly. Uh, but there was still the, you know, he had two wild pitches and he hit a batter. There were control issues in this one. And then the and the home run rate is just, it's he is he's getting hit hard, extremely hard. Guys are barreling up, seeing the ball, and making hard contact. And it's, it's going to lead to a lot more games than we've seen, like, in these last two. 
Uh, Brian Shaw is turning into a pumpkin. He's, you know, again, ERA is a terrible stat, especially for relievers. But the fact that his is up to 532 already, like, if we were to go and talk about what's happened, this is when he turned into a pumpkin a year ago. Remember when I, if you go back and listen to the podcast, uh, I was talking about, well, okay, wow, you know, this was a great off the sca- scrap heap thing. He has found new life. He is this guy who's going to be our, you know, our seventh inning guy. It's going to go Shaw to uh, Karinchak to Class A, and like they're going to be unbeatable seven, eight, nine. And then he imploded and he did it again. And they went out and gave him $3 million plus a ton of incentives for appearances. And Tito's going to keep running him out. He's already appeared in 31 games. He's going to end up making like second highest salary on this team next year. And it's ridiculous. And when you got him and you got that one roster spot that's essentially being flipped daily to get an arm up because the bullpen's been overtaxed. And where, where's Eli Morgan? Is he alive? Can we do a welfare check on Eli Morgan? He hasn't pitched in a week. He's your best reliever this year in terms of statistical performance. I love Class A. Class A is the best reliever overall. But in statistical performance, and the guy who's the former starter who can eat innings is Eli Morgan. He hasn't pitched since last Tuesday. We're talking about a week off for him why is he not playing i don't get it at all it makes no sense but yeah let's run shaw out uh let's i mean henches is great but let's run him out four times in uh a week and not and run out morgan once it just doesn't make sense let's run out shaw three times shaw is done the contract was ridiculous when it happened it's ridiculous now and of course i mean we're gonna give one of the stars in this game to ernie clement because he was a he pitched, and it was awful, but he pitched as a hitter, and at least that was the high point of entertainment in this game. Who reached base twice in this one? Stephen Kwan. That's it. Uh, he gets one of our other stars, and then with no extra base hits, I'm going to give it to Ian Gabat, who was the call-up. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit here in when we get into the second segment of the show, and we talk about some old friends alerts and some things that... Uh, it, you know the roster moves that occurred but yeah he uh he was the only reliever who didn't give up a run so there we go ian uh, gabat the lefty i know i'm butchering the name Stephen kwan and ernie clement are your stars in this one it was you know it, again it just some you know i talked about it in my short and someone mentioned it in the comments it just feels like since i blew that bases loaded situation everything has turned to poop like it's just like a switch from that moment on everything the could go wrong has gone wrong, and it's been fundamentally unwatchable baseball. We're going to take our first commercial break. We're going to come back again, talk about some roster moves, talk about some old friend alerts, get into some sexy rumors, and talk about exactly what has gone wrong with this lineup and how the Guardians can fix it. Our first sponsor is a unique unicorn, much like Tristan McKenzie. Uh, they everything they do is unique, original, and something you have never seen before, and that is BlueNile.com. Blue Nile is you know, it, it, I don't know. In my mind, my first thought is fancy jewelry. I think to others, they would probably use high end jewelry. It's, you know, wedding, fine jewelry, whatever works. They mentioned in here engagement rings and bands, diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, gemstones, necklaces. If you want something that stands out, go to bluenile.com. And right now, make the moment sparkle with jewelry from bluenile.com and locked on sports listeners. Get $50, not five, $50 off purchases of 500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever piece. Go to bluenile.com today. Let's talk about Rock Auto. Listen, I could just read the ad or I could just constantly hammer the point that don't be me. Don't, 
ignore this ad. I wasted $50 getting windshield wipers because I was lazy. And windshield wipers aren't that hard to install. They're really not. Same thing with filters. And they often have rebates and deals to save you even more money on filters. Go to rockauto.com today and get the part your car needs and save yourself money. You're going to do it. Uh, you're going to save money. There's no way you're not. And if you're like, well, I don't know what part to get, you can sit there and they have the little icons even let you know what are their popular ones. You can see you know, what is the one that sells, and you can go get that for your car. And remember that when you go to rockauto.com and save yourself a ton of cash, then you're going to write in the how'd you hear about us box locked on so they know we sent you. That's rockauto.com. They'll save you money that you can then use to buy jewelry at Blue Nile. So, okay. We talked about, okay, so the rumor is already false. It was a bad rumor. It was an ex- If you're curious about what the bad rumor was, there was a rumor that the Guardians were going to go out and, and add a top prospect to this team, maybe George Valera. Uh, it would have been an odd jump for them, uh, but I had to have fun with it, right? You see that from uh, not necessarily a, a big name, but you know, it was from the Mad Thinker, who I've been friends with for years. So I was like, hey, you know, he's, he's got some connections. Let's, let's see if this has legs. And again, I'm not insulting him that it did not. We all take bad turns. I always remember rather infamously, uh, you know, I was like, there's definitely a trade happening. Like in Akron, there was a bunch of stuff happening. They're trying to get things together. And I'll still stand. Something was going to happen. It was the 11th hour and it didn't. And I think they just couldn't get together in time. There was going to be something that occurred. And then <laughs> I tweeted out, something is definitely happening. And uh, then nothing happened. So we all have been there. But yeah, that would have been exciting because this team needs to do something exciting. Uh, unless you want to count adding Ian Gabad or Gibbard or however his name, I, adding a guy who's going to be here for about three days. Uh, he might not even be here tomorrow. Let's, let's be honest. They did exactly what I said they do with Tanner Tully. Again, he has earned those opportunities and those chances, but he was released immediately after pitching two innings because they wanted another fresh arm. Because again, apparently Eli Morgan is dead somewhere uh, and they just refused to pitch him. But they're doing this kind of wave of arms where it's, hey, that guy gets a call up. It's a nice little paycheck uh, for being in the big league roster. I'm sure they get paid more when you do that move up. I don't know the specifics. But uh, they come up and they're here to eat some innings as needed because the starters aren't going deep uh, at all uh, across the board. And again, that's why his team, honestly, it's like, yeah, Daniel Spino hasn't pitched in two months. um, But he's the top prospect to many Gavin Williams is in double-A pitching well. It's, they have all of these young arms. And, you know, I was talking with uh, Daniel Sheriff over at the Chagrin. I don't know what Chagrin's paper is, but Daniel and I used to hang out in the press box in Akron. Uh, and we were, he's like, what's the deal with, with Columbus? What goes wrong there? I'm like, it's just a bad park. It makes it hard to evaluate anybody because it was a poorly designed park for, I mean, it's great for, like, home runs and excitement. But uh, my own personal pet peeve is trying to go to a game there once it took me, like, an hour and a half to park. I got rid of all the easy parking that used to be there when, I, when they first built it, back when I lived in Columbus. And then it's just not a park designed to allow you to get good uh, statistical information on guys. And I think it messes with some players as well. I think it's, talk about guys who kind of bottom out in the Guardians for a time there. It looked like they were honestly, yeah, I'm like, hey, Nacho, you're going to add something to the podcast today. Some players where it seemed to mess with their head. Like, I honestly believe that. It seemed like the Guardians at a point in time were almost skipping it. We're having guys jump directly for a reason they didn't want it to mess with players we'll see uh they, they've been a little bit more you know typical in their how they're calling guys up nowadays it's not quite that skip double a 
But there should be some more moves just because they've done, you know, a bunch of guys up to double A. But yeah, the the pitching and system is great. Unfortunately, on the big league roster, it's Shane Bieber has been awesome of late. And then it's a bunch of back end starters. I, I don't know if there's anyone in there that really makes you feel confident that they are more than a, a three or four or a five. You know, it, that's where it is. And, you know, unfortunately, Peyton Batenfield was one of those guys, like, when you looked at Zips a year ago, he looked utterly fantastic. He hasn't missed bats this year. And, like, um, you know, Nick Miklajak, who I've talked about, is, like, the top reliever in the system. He has struggled in AAA. Like, his strikeouts are down and his walks are up. And it's hard to say, you know, is it the better competition of AAA or is it, again, a cruddy park? Uh, let's do some old friend alerts. Let's get off some of the negative and then talk about uh, even more negative after that. Carlos Santana traded to the Mariners. Ty France is hurt. I've had some people ask about, like, well, why can't the Guardians trade for Ty France? Why can't the Guardians trade for Tyler Stevenson? Uh, We can't trade for Ties. It's just, it's a rule. If their name could go by Ty, they can't play for the Guardians. No, the honest goodness reason is why would Seattle trade their all-star? He was someone I liked to the Guardians, honestly. He's one of those players that the, the Padres debated adding to their Rule 5, he was kind of like a Fran Mill type for them. And then he finally got an opportunity to look decent and went to Seattle, got an extended look. I mean, this guy who had, you know, I've spent a lot of time. You know, that whole piece I did in the offseason where I talked about, you know, the prospects who are not big-name prospects, but names you should know. Players that are performing at such a level that there might be more there. If I'd done that a few years ago, Ty France would have been on that list. Uh, But Seattle's, they're trying to contend right now. Uh, They go out and they... You know, they get Carlos Santana. I'm willing to bet that uh, Kansas City, they sent cash, is paying 80 to 90% of his salary, uh, if not 100. May, I think that, you know, the big thing was a little bit of savings. Wyatt Mills, I'm not as familiar with William Fleming. I liked Wyatt Mills a lot coming out of college as like a multi-inning reliever, but control has been a massive issue for him. And Kansas City has not been particularly great um, in pitcher development, so I don't know if that's going to go there. But, uh, yeah, I liked Mills quite a bit, and, you know, that's it's a solid get. And Fleming is, you know, potentially another bullpen type, one of those many Wake Forest arms in the minors. But Seattle, with France hurt, they're adding Carlos Santana because they still want to try at this thing. Um, then the, uh, the other move, uh, I told you here on the show, again, Oscar Mercado would get claimed, and he was. Uh, Philadelphia, he went past a lot of teams. But he still got claimed, you know, there were probably other teams that would have as well. Being a right-handed bat who can play three outfield spots, who when he plays, you know, is a streaky. A lot of things to say about Oscar Mercado, one could say about Owen Miller, honestly. It's like a streaky hitter who when he's on can play really well and play multiple spots. Yep. But uh, I, I knew he would get claimed somewhere. So he is he is claimed. He's officially uh no longer part of the organization fully now he's on his way to philadelphia but let's now flip it around and let's talk about well let's take our next break you know we talked about roster moves we talked about uh what's kind of going down in terms of the rumors and uh some other fun things but let's let's take a break here let's take breaks number three break number three no break number two come back and just talk about like what has been happening since may 1st for the cleveland guardians I almost gave you guys a jingle, but I decided to be nice and not do that. Uh, Setting a bet online to the uh, Linkamol's toy my son is listening to all the time. Uh, If you want to hear a terrible jingle, let me know on my Twitter, Jeff MLB Draft, and I will sing it for next show. But instead, let's focus on what bet online is. You know what it is. It's in the name. It's bet online. 
Donnet. If you need information, if you want, if this is your thing, and we know it's it's it is a gr- it is probably the biggest <laughs> growing thing in sports right now is online betting. And Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs. Though those are now over. Uh, maybe next year's NHL futures. Those are already going up. And Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best p- spot for all of your sports scores and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, golf, and baseball. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Listen, we all know at the start of the year, there were guys who were completely in fuego, who were on fire in terms of their performance, and that has not been the case. You know, I talked about the fact that Josh Naylor, you get rid of those 50 at-bats from the start of the year, and he has... The entire rest of his career, his runs created plus is a 70. Uh, it's better than Ernie Clement, uh, but it's still not good. Like, he is a backup who they're still... He was the DH today. I know. I was upset as well. My Over here, Nacho is just beside himself that they that's the case. This team, I, I understand they're working Fran Mill back, but go through this team right now. So in terms of runs created plus, I would switch over and show you. Since May 1st, Jose Ramirez has a 163. So he is still, you know, fantastic. Andres Jimenez, Jimenez, 145. Josh Naylor, 138. Like, these are players who have been consistently good. This is over 100 plate appearances. These are guys you can pretty much pencil or, you know, ink it in. Don't pencil, ink it in. Oscar Gonzalez, I still don't know how he's doing it, but like a 124. Of late, we have seen a little bit more of the league catching up to him. I'll be curious to see what occurs. Uh, it's only been 28 games for him. Uh, I want to give it another month before I come to any formal conclusion one way or another. Maybe another month and a half, honestly. Next, Framo Reyes. For all the issues, he still had 89 plate appearances since May 1st. He's got a 118 runs created plus. That's right, a 118. Better than you thought, isn't it? I know, I mean, he started out just absolutely uh, in the toilet, but it's better than you think. Ahmed Rosario, 115. I mean, I've been so negative on that dude, but he is at a 115. So, I know... Now, he's letting me know. You guys think that you let me know about how much, uh, how, all the negative takes on Ahmed? Right now, right here, uh, Najo is having a fit. Continuing on, uh, Stephen Kwan in 91. So remember when he was like, had the best, literally had the best debut a hitter has ever had? Yeah, 91 now. Richie Palacios is 75. That's only 57, 57 plate appearances. He's not getting those opportunities. Luke Maley, 63. Owen Miller, 61. So he is below Maley since May 1st. Oscar Mercado, 54. Austin Hedges, 46. And then your bottom two, 38 for Ernie Clement, 35 for Miles Straw. Now, the other thing I want to point out during this time, if we want to talk about and look at, okay, so that's a two-month period. It's not the largest sample size, but it's enough to, to look into. Who has been lucky or unlucky? Well, the highest bat pip during that time belongs to Fran Mill Reyes. Uh, followed by Oscar Gonzalez, then Andres Jimenez. Those are all, hot, you know, Fran Mills at 435, Oscar at th- almost 370, Andres almost at 370 as well. So there's some regression with both those guys. Ahmed at 338 is high, but not like dramatically high for a guy with his speed. 
then you have kind of the group that is middle, like average, like Naylor and Palacios and Quan have not really been. You know, Quan Speed, he's maybe been a little unlucky. Jose Ramirez has been unlucky. <laughs> That's right. He's got a 163 and he's been unlucky. Uh, Owen Miller's been a little bit unlucky as well. Uh, Clement, a little. And then catchers, it's always, that should be a little bit lower. But according to this, it's like, BAPIP-wise, Miles Straw and Austin Hedges are both 100 points below league average. Their batting averages should be about 100 points higher. So then, I mean, if Straw's hitting 261, he's a different guy for this lineup during this time, instead of hitting 161. You're talking about a 350 on base, you'll take it. He's never going to do you much for slugging. But a 350 on base percentage, that's, yes, that works. So he's been incredible, especially with his speed. Like, one could argue that his, I mean, his career, it's not that hard to find out. And then Austin Hedges, again, it's like if he bumps that up, it's its a huge difference maker for him. Straw's career bat pip is, by the way, I hate how they don't do, like, a composite. Uh, let's put it this way. Last year he had a 336, a 345 before that, a 283. Still, it's like even at the low end of it, he's it's been it's 100 points below where it should be. So he has been incredibly unlucky during that time. And that's when we sit there and get upset about Straw because he's been really bad. You look at the fact that he has been incredible, not just a little, incredibly, like a 100-point difference unlucky. Moving on from that, though, it's like Miller, I think, you know, it's minorly unlucky. It's not like it's 25 points difference. Yeah. I mean, that could be, it's less than 25 points difference, but that does show like, you know, a little bit higher, but it doesn't change him that much. You know, it doesn't put his on-base percentage over 300, which it needs to be. Uh, Same kind of story with like Mercado, who they let go. Um, That's the thing. So right now with this team, when I'm looking at it, I think Brandon Miller's your DH. Naylor at first, second baseman, you know, I... I'm just going to give in. Andre's at second base. Ahmed at short. For now, I think we all know he's getting traded before the deadline. And the nice thing with him playing well is that value is going up, up, up. Teams need infielders. If we were to go and, you know, discuss uh, the standings right now, you know, the, with the Guardians now falling back to just three games over 500, uh, they, the Angels are, you know, five games below. The Rangers are three games below. It's That's the one thing. It's like, who are you going to trade with? The White Sox, maybe? Would you do that again? I mean, it worked out for Pilkington, so I think you had to consider it. Uh, I don't, You know, the Rays don't need an infielder. The, the Blue Jays don't really... I mean, Santin, uh, Espinal... I mean, the best thing they did was not sell the farm for Jose Ramirez. Espinal's been great for them at second base. Not to say that Jose wouldn't have made him better, but you're looking at, you know, incremental improvement versus the overall cost. Uh, Red Sox... I mean, I don't really need an infielder. They went out and paid all the money for Trevor Story to play second base. He hasn't been that good, but they don't. Need, by the way, the Red Sox now number two, our yeah, number one wild card. They've passed the uh, the Blue Jays and the Rays with the way they've been playing. Uh, Cleveland is now several games back of the Rays, so it's they're back to the point where they're kind of fighting for the division and the three back of the Twins. I mean, they need to win the rest of these games to really uh, get back to where they were a week ago. So looking at this team, though, so we discussed that lineup on the infield, at least for now. Catching is just, you know, no matter what happens, who knows. Straw is going to get back to being about, you know, a tick below league, league average, and then you're, he's there for his glove. 
Quan in the other outfield spot, and I guess Gonzalez in the the other place. And that's kind of what you're looking at with this team right now. I still think if you can go out and get Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras, do that tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. Like, literally do that move tomorrow. Let Happ play one of the outfield spots for the next two years. Let Contreras be your catcher. Send him, you know, melee the other way. Uh, if you can do that and manage to not give up kind of that upper crust tier, which honestly, like, no one trades away their upper crust tier of talent anymore in prospect deals. So it shouldn't be that big of an expectation. And you go back and you even look at someone like Matt Olson, the big player at the at the at in the offseason. Christian Pache was more of a failed guy. Like, he's a guy who had had several opportunities and hadn't put it together, and he was the centerpiece. That was not the – Shea Langoliers was not, like, the, a top three prospect – most places for the Braves like it was a a solid return don't get me wrong but it was not wasn't no one trades their top guys hardly ever anymore so I'm not exactly expecting that and yeah I mean I'm totally up for going out and getting a David David right uh Bednard uh or Bed Bedard from uh from Pittsburgh where you got four and a half years of control and the guy's absolutely filthy and it's gonna be an all-star I'm more interested in getting him than Brian Reynolds uh, especially like with what they're building internally, like imagine adding him to that late, late inning mix. Um, but I also don't necessarily think that's the biggest push. I again, I think it's it's starting pitching, it's catching, and I mean it's maybe it's adding a bat or it's let's let's see what these kids can do. Let's let you know it's gone great for a lot of these young guys. Uh, what Mercado has done, what Naylor has, <laughs> Mercado, nope. <laughs> Not what Mercado has done, what Oscar has got done, Gonzalez. I went with the wrong uh, Oscar there. Um, what Oscar Gonzalez has been able to do, what Andres has done, what uh, Naylor has done with you know this extended opportunity this year is a lot of success stories at the top of this, right? So why not go you know go get Nolan Jones? Let's see what he can do. He's been on the forty man. This is his second year. You're burning through options. You're gonna have to make a choice soon with him. You know, it, what, you know, Gabriel Reyes is, uh, I mean, he's basically sitting there. When they trade Rosario, because, again, it's going to happen, he's going to he's getting called up. He's going to be the shortstop who gets that opportunity and goes. But it's like Nolan Jones, what do you got to lose? You know, Ty Freeman. I, and that's the other thing, too. Like, I'm not the biggest Ty Freeman fan, and I've always been upfront and honest about that because I think it's a, I don't think, I honestly think he's maybe a, so if Owen White is a, with the bat, a plus version of Ernie Clement, then the plus version of Owen White is Tyler Freeman. And again, I'm not sure if he's a starter, but you know, it, you got to start trying and seeing what these guys can do. And there's a lot of talented players. And honestly, if you're not going to go make a trade, if you're not going to add a catcher, then promote Bo Naylor. I mean, what he has done this year in terms of just complete game change and what he has produced and the fact you're going to have to add him at the end of the year it sounds like um la vestida could miss time like a significant amount of time it's it's not an insignificant amount of time that he is going to miss uh due to injury so if like i haven't looked to see what Naylor has done since he's been promoted but like i would honestly consider promoting him to the majors luke maley is is not good like it they went out and got him because there was absolutely nothing on the market and they wanted a backup 
Uh, yeah, so since his promotion, he's uh, five games, and he's got a 33 runs created plus. He's 150, 217, 300 slugging. I mean, we can see how it goes at the same time, but like they need to do something about catching. They need to consider consolidating for pitching. That's the thing. I'm just going to keep harping on it. The 40-man is a disaster show. Uh, you know, yeah, there's there's ways you can get around it. There's a bunch of guys that conceivably, I don't think they're going to cut a bunch of guys. I know people always kind of go into that mode, but this is clearly a team that does not believe in that. But, you know, at uh, Brandon Dibble pointed out that, like, Castro, McCarty, Jan Ramirez, Tully's already gone, though. But, you know, uh, Gabald, Gabad's the same thing. Maley and Clement is all guys. And I, I added Myers to that list. It's like, yeah, I mean, those are all players that could very potentially not be here next year. And that opens up with this, you know, if we add Myers into it, that opens up four spots. Which, again, if you're adding four, Espino, Clement, Naylor uh, are kind of three easy ones. Angel Martinez is very likely another one. And then that means that uh, Xavion Curry is exposed. That means Hunter Gaddis is exposed. That means uh, Ethan Hankins is exposed to the uh, Rule 5 draft. It means... Uh, oh, I'm not as worried about someone like Gabriel Rodriguez right now. It means Lenny Torres is exposed. It, it means a lot of... like You're still going to get hit. Junior San Quentin, a lot of people really liked him. Uh, there are guys who are going to get taken and that's if they do the most aggressive cutting they've ever done which is something they've never done i have been jeff ellis this has been locked on guardians podcast for this week remember to rate and review download daily it helps i know right now the team's bad you don't want to necessarily hear someone talk about the negative uh and it shows up in the downloads and the youtube watches but hey just hit it hit the youtube to watch in the background make sure to click the subscribe button we're up over 300 let's keep that push going uh, hitting a thousand is just huge for me as a host and what listen the podcast network has expanded exponentially i started day one with the mlb side of things if you like me as the host of this show and you don't want them to go chasing a bigger name in the market i just recommend subscribing downloading daily making sure you always play if you're someone who's like well you know, i'm a little behind but i try to catch him I'm just going to put it on Front Street. <laughs> that discussion has been out there at points. If you want me to remain here, you have to do your side of it, which is helping those numbers stay high. It, I know it's it's a little exploitative, but I'm just going to be honest. That That's how it works. This is a, a growing network, and if this podcast doesn't grow, they will find someone else to grow it. So if you do enjoy me, you know, follow me at Twitter at JeffMMDraft. Make sure you're doing all the little parts. And as I end every show... Go, go, Guardians, go.